podcast where we don't take ourselves and life too seriously. What up, my peeps? What up, my peeps? <laughs> so, um, before we begin, like the actual actual topics, yeah, tell us what you do, like your interests, things like that, a okay. new hobby that is making your life easier or making it more enjoyable. Yeah, my full name is Marcia Kalino, but I go by Nene. I am, I am Malawian, obviously. Um, <laughs> maybe, and, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's obvious. I don't know. I'm in Malawi when we in Chewa, but um, I I finished school just recently, and um, I've been working as a writer for over a year now, and I on like in my free time I do blogging but like for freelance and I also do writing um personal writing I'm actually currently working on like uh on some several projects for like my writing just because I want to have something like something solid um to like put out there um in my free time in terms of like hobbies to make myself more interesting I I started taking care of plants. Of course, like some of my plants died last summer because it was so hot. Okay. <laughs> um, so I've started collecting new um, new plants. I also have like um, I've been collecting books like um, black authors. So I've been growing a library. Um, I definitely read a lot of like sci-fi, fantasy, or black written. Like, why not? What else do I do? I would like to say I do hiking because I live in Vancouver, but that's a lie. I only do hiking when I'm not happy. Okay, um, it's good to be in nature. Yeah, I like. <laughs> Who yeah. goes hiking on a good day? Why would you go hiking on it's a good gone. day? Like, is it to make you forget your problems by the time? Yeah, you yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like walking away your problems. You're yeah. walking away from your problems. You're like, okay, I don't need a destination, but I need to be away from my problems right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much me. Uh, thank you for having me here. I'm very excited to like talk to you. Me too. Like I'm so excited. I'm actually I'm really trying to get people on my podcast a lot this year. And mm. I'm so happy. I think you're yeah, the third guest I've ever had. And I'm so happy that you joined today. Oh, thank you so much. I actually, you know, it was so surprising when you like um when you were like oh, hey, like, I had an idea, da da da, da. We started talking about I, Honestly, I wasn't even going to be like, oh, my God, I don't know. I was like, yes, yeah, let's, let's get into it. it. Let's do it. I, I really do appreciate the fact that you did think about me and you reached out. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so before we start, I like to ask people, like, a mental health check-in, like, a little bit. Or, like, where are you today? Like, how are you feeling right now? Just like in this moment, after having a long day, because guys, we're recording like in the evening. <laughs> we're recording in the evening. I'm too high. I'm two hours ahead of her. So how are you like right now, mentally and everything? I've never been better. Honestly, I feel like this year is my year. So, um, <laughs> but today, um, today, today has been an extremely lovely day. I met up with my friend earlier. Um, she's traveling to Toronto, so. Um, we met up, went to a cafe, had some um, tea, um, and then we just chatted. And then she dropped me off. And then, um, yeah, I was, I'm here. I think today has been exceptionally good because um, I was able to do some of the things that I needed to get done. Like, 
you know, respond to emails, respond to um, work messages, but also just kind of like um, get some time to do things that I actually want, which is like, you know, take out the trash. Um, taking out the trash is a very like therapeutical thing. It really know? is. <laughs> the way we forget about um, our trash too. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, ah, what is that smell? Like, ah, ah, ma'am, take out your trash. But um, today has been good. And I did make sure to also eat. Um, I do have this problem where I sometimes like starve myself. But I also made sure to eat today. And yeah, I can't complain. Today has been a great day. That's good. That's good. I like that. I really like that. I'm so happy for you that you're in such a good state. And that's a really nice thing to hear. And it's very underrated, guys. To be honest, yeah. it's being, I have been fine, being sick, just to say that today I'm good. A lot of people, a lot of people can't say today. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, I, yeah. so, okay. So lastly, for the icebreaker questions, right? I have like, um, am I the asshole scenario, right? I just want us to like, think about like, it's just a short one. Yeah. When I was reading this, I was like, okay, after reading your stories and after reading your work as well, when I saw this, I was like, okay, there's something, this something that I would like to talk about. I'm not even saying mm. that. I felt like it was the correct, am I the asshole for the segment, basically. So this one is, am I the asshole for making my daughters wear dresses when they visit their grandparents? Right? <laughs> okay. So my in-laws are what you'd call traditional, but they seem to think that the world should have stopped 50 years ago. And they think everything since then is evil. They aren't racist that I know of or outwardly bigoted, but they, they're just very old fashioned. So my husband and I have three children, one 16 girl, 16 year old girl, 14 year old girl and 10 year old boy, right? And we all visit and we go to visit our grandparents since they live close. But the issue is the girls don't like going because they don't like wearing dresses. So every time they have to go to the grandparents, they have to wear a dress. It's not like the grandparents have outwardly mentioned it that wear a dress, but it's like, you know, every time they go there, they just won't shut up about how about they won't shut up about how they don't like it, basically. And the daughters mm. don't like this. They feel they feel it's unfair. Then it makes them very uncomfortable. But to the mom, but to her, it's like I really I force them to wear the dresses and go to the grandparents because it doesn't hurt, basically. So is she the asshole for making her daughters wear dresses when going to visit the grandparents? That's the question. Uh, that's interesting. I would say no because mm. like I. Hey, okay, listen, I'm not saying that somebody else is, you know, responsible for how you dress and whatnot, but I, I do think that there is um there is a huge part of like tradition that's speaking to me in that in that context, because again, like um the way our parents raised us and the way they were raised is quite different, right? Um but you have to carry that forward. You know, there's some things that you have to leave behind and there's some things you have to carry forward. Like we we have this tradition where you have to kneel when you mm. greet older people and then your children don't kneel. <laughs> what does that make of you? What does that say about you? And Even you know, the kneeling thing, yeah. yeah. Like when it comes to respect, right? Yeah. I, I think even though the daughters don't love, like don't like wearing dresses, I think that... Um, 
sometimes there's definitely hard lessons to learn um, mm-hmm. that come with like fundamental, like um, I would say ideals. Yeah. Wearing a dress does not make you any less like attractive, but for teenagers, attractive is not even supposed to be mm. in a vocab, you know? This is like speaking from an African perspective. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, mind yeah. you, them not liking to wear dresses it has nothing with them like um looking good. It's like they the tomboys, basically. Oh, I see, I see. Well, okay, you can hey. compromise. Listen, listen. Hey. You're going to see your grandparents. You're going to enjoy the time that you're with them. The least you can do is, yeah. you know, satisfy their perspective. I'm not saying, like, you have to agree with, like, you know, their bigoted, like, you know, perspectives. But yeah. I think I think they would take you more seriously if you were to speak against that same misogyny wearing a dress, dress than yeah, yeah. you were wearing a pants. Because I actually can hear that. What do you tell me? You're even disrespecting me. You're not hey. even wearing a dress. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you always have to, like, meet someone. You have to meet someone um, halfway. And I think I think sometimes it has to just be, like, being able to compromise. It, you're going to wear that dress, let's say, for a weekend, and then you don't have to think about it for another time until you see them again. Um, it keeps their grandparents happy. It shows your parents that you're able to listen. And so I, I could say like, she's not an asshole. She's just being a mom who has self-respect and a mom that loves her parents and wants to show that she's able to raise her uh, her children with like, you know, with some sort of values, you know, values. Exactly. And it's so crazy. Like I saw this story because it just reminds me of myself as well. Like when I go to see the dad side so this is the dad side as well and i feel like it's always the dad side that's like this one yeah. that's one thing you should <laughs> it's always the dad side that's like this or the paternal side that's like this right and True. i know that my mom's side is like it's not even a dress i mean my dad said it's not like a dress is not only it's, it's not enough you have to wear a salu on top of, on top of the dress you have to wear a salu like and yeah. to be honest right I mean, I kind of get it that, okay, you wear the dress for like a short period of time to enjoy it with your grandparents, right? But it kind of makes it hard to enjoy your time when you're not in the clothes that you like. like, And especially if you don't even like your grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you trying to confess? What are you trying to tell us? Huh? It can be like, this is another thing I should do just to please <laughs> Okay, I, I hear you. I hear you and I second that because yeah. I also have my reservations about my dad's side of the yeah. family. Um, but again, like I, just, I, I do think yes, there is un- uncomfortability, like you feel uncomfortable, like yeah, you know, presenting yourself in a way that is not you. But okay, let's say for instance, let's let's create a scenario out of this, yeah, out of this, you know, am I an asshole? Like how do you get people to this is different but it's almost within the same concept like how do you get people to take you seriously in a workplace it doesn't necessarily mean that it mean that you wearing you know you complying with like what your parents want is like you giving up your identity yeah It, it just shows that you understand why your parents and your grandparents respect those traditions yeah you might not be fully able to like comprehend it but let's say down the line i'm not guys this is just scenario this is just scenario so don't be calling me out but (laughs) 
let's say later down the line, you meet a guy and you really like this guy and his parents are the same like your parents. They want you to wear dresses. Whenever you see them, they want you to kneel and greet them. Mm-hmm. But you love and you want to be with this guy. What are you going to do? Leave him? Leave him? That's a thing. That's, a, that's, a, good, that's a good question too. Because like, I feel like right now, like we're just in a state of like everybody wants to be self so much. That we yeah. forget that there are other people around. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just wants to be like, this is me all the time. Yeah. Like you want to, like, I feel like, yeah, you're correct. There's a right place for everything. Because you know, you can, and the fact that your mom understands that you do not like wearing dresses, and she's just asking, just this place. Yeah, the chats of the tunes. <laughs> Wanna bring me the ting then ting. This is Chimo Chats, the podcast where we don't take ourselves and life too seriously. Oi. Wagwan. <laughs> Let's talk about trauma based off other people's experience, isn't it? I know you had two different scenarios for me, right? Like you Yeah, I, I I had like okay, so like when you pitched the idea, I was definitely yeah. into it, but we had to like clarify what you were looking for. Yeah. Um I would say that the stories that I'm going to share on my part, the biggest takeaway from it is like being humble and how some other people's trauma can humble you mm-hmm. by watching them experience that. I think that's the biggest takeaway. But I did have two scenarios. One is like related to like family, mm-hmm. um, you know, relatives, you know, cousins, stuff like that. And then the other one is about money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So for me, like when I thought, when I think about that statement for me, like I think of fear, I don't know if that makes sense, but like Mm. other people's experiences make it, make me afraid to basically try things. So when I think about that, I mean, relationships in every sense of the word, that's family, romantic friendships. So you basically tell me how, you thought, why did you think of family and all that? You know what? I think, I feel like your perspective is even better than mine. Like, no. Thinking, no, listen, listen. Hear me out. Hear me out. I think you're right. Um, I think when you witness certain things happen, let's say, for instance, like within family dynamic of like the Malawian culture, it definitely brings in fear. I think. Yeah. But I never thought about it that way. I think for me, like I said again, like it was more so how did that situation hamper me? And so like um, speaking on the first like experience that I had, I think the first experience that I had is the most like life changing, but also helped me become a better person. But it also made me appreciate life even more. It made me become grateful. It happened when I was like around, I would say within the time frame of like eight years old to like 12 years old. Mm. It was, um, it was like, it's pretty much like what my mom went through, but it wasn't necessarily just about my mom. It was more so about our distant relatives. Mm. Um, so we have like, um, we have a distant relative. The, I would say, the dad and the mom of that distant relative 
were friends with my parents as well. So it was like family, friends, but really we were relatives. We are relatives, let me know. Yeah. Let me not speak in past tense, but we are relatives. The, the My mom and her mom, um, let's say my mom and the mom, because they have two children, same age range, me and my brother and the girl and her brother as well, my cousins. The mom, it was like, she grew up, like, she, they grew up at the same time with, like, my mom. Not necessarily, like, in their teens, but, you know, they started marriage around the same time. Um, so being in the same sort of, like, spaces, like, because of our dad's jobs, my mom and I'll say my aunt, my distant aunt, I have to make that clear, my yeah. distant aunt, they were kind of coming into marriage at the same time. So they were pretty much, like, best friends. They spend time together they got pregnant around the same time gave birth around the same time to both are my like my dad my brother and my older cousin the guy and me and my sister cousin I would say and then you know life gives you different lessons um they were moving up the ladder quickly through you know my uncle's like um job and it was more so like watching them like grow into these bigger positions as we were still like as as we were still figuring out like you know how to establish ourselves like my mom and my dad you know um and then I remember like we we got transferred to Lilongwe and at that time my cousins were already living in Lilongwe and they had been living well off and it was one of those things like you know I could always tell the difference between me and my cousins like let's say between me and my female cousin like Mm. there were a lot of things that I picked up on, like the way she treated me and the way she treated her closest cousins, since we were distant cousins, right? You were different, um, definitely. Yeah, by class, by affordability, things like that. And it never made me feel like I was any lesser. It just kind of made me feel like I was an outsider. And I was okay with that. I accepted that. Mm. There were times where maybe I would I would be hanging out with her and her cousin, and it was just, you're an outsider. Yeah, you, know? and you don't belong here. You can't sit with yeah. us. And I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we yeah. were kids, you know? Yeah. We were kids. And it was such a it was such an impactful thing. Now her mom, her mom always had an issue with my mom. I'm not taking my mom's side. It's just because I witnessed it firsthand. Her mom just kind of like started like dragging my mom's name in, you know, in, in um in the barracks and stuff like that, she would always have something to say about my mom. And I think it was because like, by the time we transferred to Lilongwe, my dad had now started really establishing himself at work. And so it was kind of like, it became sort of like a competitive run where she always had something to say to like make my my mom look a bit. Yeah. You know, it's like, we've been coming together, you know, why is it that you're trying to be better than me? You know, you need to be my subordinate type of thing. And my mom, my mom took it really hard. I remember there were times where like, you know, my mom was just not in the very best place because she didn't know how to react. But at the same time, she could not stand up for herself because everyone thought that what was being said was the truth or whatever. Mm. So, you know, my mom being a prayerful woman, she just prayed about it. She would just, you know, devote herself to God. She would always tell God her issues. And I witnessed all that, yeah. you know. And then, um, and then it was like at the peak of what my aunt was doing to my mom, 
her um my cousin's dad went away he traveled to like like you know work placement in another country yeah he then got sick there and then when he got sick he had to come back because he was he's sick mm-hmm. and then like you know the things that he had been doing under the covers um a lot of things came to light because it didn't take for him to pass it didn't take long enough for him to like pass away and so it was when i heard the news i wasn't sort of like remorseful it was more so something that i was like oh wow okay yeah was that god responding mm. you know and i it might sound like mean to say it but at that moment like it really made me understand like how sometimes when you're focused on the wrong things shit would just hit you sideways and humble you mm. and it was one of those things where like she was still a child like my cousin my girl cousin and my my female cousin and my you know male cousin they were still kids they were still you know they were yet to go to high school and they just lost their dad and so it was a very sad like you know it was a very sad time but because of what her mom had done to my mom i couldn't console her i couldn't do yeah i couldn't like i couldn't even like ask my mom to like oh can i go check up on you yeah. know my cousins because it was like no i saw you struggle but at the same time this is sad and then it made me even more grateful because i realized like oh my god like yeah one day my parents are going to be gone but mm-hmm. I don't know when that will be. So yeah. I kind of like even grew more love for my parents. I I started trying to like behave a better child, you know? But then I think to myself, I'm like, what did she go through knowing that her favorite pers- uh, her, her favorite person or her dad was the person that loved her the most and he was gone and he wasn't coming back. And she was at an age where she was so young i don't think i would have been able to process it in a way that wouldn't have broken me you know mm-hmm. and and so i wonder like what that what that experience like taught her but at the same time i feel like for me when i look in it like really humbled me and and then i had to like learn how to not be so caught up in how people treat me because i had to now like understand it was like almost as if a seed was planted mm-hmm. where i had to now start to like think okay just because people treat me like this doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person of course there are bad people out there oh, but yeah but definitely. you know it was yeah but that trauma i think that she went through kind of like made me forgive the things that she had like done but mm-hmm. also at the same time i was still a kid and it was just one of those things where it was like to hear that someone who you know you've seen before you've talked to they've talked to you at some point maybe even taking care of you and now they're gone forever and you know that they've left a big like hole mm, in someone's some heart and, yeah yeah it, it's it's just one of those things i feel like that experience like witnessing it all happen and what led up to it that humbled me it really humbled me and i was like yeah i can see why my mom prays a lot you know Wow, like your take on this topic is so positive than what I was thinking. Honestly, like let me not even lie to you because every time I thought about this, for me it was always like for me tra- when I think about the word trauma, it's always something negative. Something mm-hmm. negative all the time. But here you just described it like, okay, I took 
someone else's experience and it kind of shaped me in a certain way. Be humble, one. Treat people with dignity and respect. Common decency. Yeah. Common decency about it. Like. And mm. no, like I, I really like your take on it. I really like your take on it. So I'm curious though, like how does like fear translate into this? Like, cause you did say like, yeah, yeah. kind of like witnessing all these relationships, but like why fear, fear and not anxiety or stress, you know? I feel like, okay. I feel like fear goes hand in hand with anxiety. Yeah. And stress. Like if you really, if I think about it, right. From my perspective, I feel like fear goes, cause like, what if, 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 what if? It kind of gives me anxiety to think about that. And it kind of translates to fear or maybe fear is translating to anxiety and all that. Um, Different from you, me, I'm that type of person who like, okay, so I've also seen my mom go through like people that she called her friends or people that she trusted, treating her, like talking about her, yeah, like spreading things that, you know, when she hears, when my mom heard about these things, should have been sure, what have I ever done to this person? And for me, instead of like taking the way my mom prays, because my mom is also wakes up at 4 a.m., prays, what, what. For me, yes. instead of putting a positive spin on it, I kind of took like, kind of like, yeah, basically, watch who you're friends with. Be careful. So it's like, instead of maybe giving people a chance, it's like I kind of make the decision for them to treat me badly already. I don't know if... Um, oh. Yeah, so it's like, instead of giving people a chance, could it, okay, you might treat me bad, you might not treat me bad. I kind of make the decision already, could it, you will treat me bad. So that's the reason why I'm saying that it gives me fear. I, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. And I think... Oh, yeah. I like. I think with that is like... I think with that is like um, when you think about um, expectations mm. and I think like for me, it's kind of like the other end of the spectrum where it's like, I don't, I don't think you would treat me bad. I, it's sort of like taking the initiative to treat someone so kindly and then having the expectation that they will return the favor, you know, and yeah. then, <laughs> and then down along the lines. Yeah. I really, and then down, mm, yeah. Go ahead. No, like, I really wish I thought like that. For me, it's that type of thing where, like, even when I'm treating somebody well, you know, sometimes I like to disguise it as I don't expect anything from anybody. But that's kind of me, like, expecting, Kudi, you might treat me bad. So it's better not to care, like, mm, beforehand, mm. you know? So mm. that's what I'm saying, that every time I think about other people's experience, trauma, like, when I think about people's friendships, mm. my friends that I've seen, that I'm really good friends with until today, but I've seen some of the relationships I've had with other people. Just makes me guarded myself. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, maybe like, let's say Mina, I see somebody, okay, you like the color blue. And I saw my friend, oh yeah, my friend had a friend that liked the color blue. Each, those people are like, that means this person. I conclude all things that like baseless things sometimes. Mm, and I'm really mm. trying to change that about myself. You know what? I... Oh, no, I was going to say, like, I hear you. And I think, like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. Um, I think maybe, I okay, not to say that what you're saying is not necessarily um, valid. And also kind of, like, to expand on what you're saying, um, I see where your problem is at. Because 
something similar to what I do when it's something like that is like, again, like holding people to an expectation that they might not be able to serve. But then it's also for you, I think it's like setting yourself within boundaries that are just unhealthy. Yeah. And then for me, yeah. And then it's for me, it's like not setting enough boundaries so that it's healthy. For me, it's like <laughs> ironclad, like ironclad. Like people cannot no, because I'm really thinking about like I've just started becoming friends with one person, right? And I feel like mm. it's really becoming like like I'm really liking the direction of the friendship where it's going. Oh my that everything I found myself one time. People, I created so many delusions on why this person is toxic. What, 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 what? And you know, I was thinking about it, like wrapping my head around it. But why, why, why? why? Like, why did you, re- and you know, this is because somebody, like the person, the, he just dis- disagreed with me on one thing. And then it's like, I've already concluded that if a person thinks like this, that means they're like this. And I'm like, but why you think people can be different? People can think differently. Goma is like, I don't know. I think and one thing that really plays like a big role in it is because of like the amount of things I consume. So it's like, you know how people all, only tell us about toxic traits, toxic traits, da, 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 that people mm. display, but don't tell us how to balance that. Something that can mm. be toxic. Goma no, the person is overall, like maybe a good person for you or like, or like Muna, someone coming out of the toxicity, basically. I don't know. I don't know if you're, if you're understanding what I'm saying. But yeah, basically, like, I was, I am developing a good friendship with this person. When I tell you that I almost cut off, like, a good friendship, just because they said something that I disagreed with. Not even something bad. I just disagreed with the statement. And I remember that, oh, okay, that one person said that when a person thinks like that. Or because my friend told me, like, oh, she experienced this with a person that thought like this. This person is not good for me. Okay. Okay. Now you, you know see what, what I'm telling you? Well, like, like, yeah, yeah. No, like. I, you know what? Um, you know, I, I think that it's healthy. First of all, I think that you should applaud yourself for like being able to even recognize your toxicity. I'm not saying you're toxic, but I'm saying like, <laughs> like you say, like sometimes we have toxic traits or we have like toxic consumption, but I think to be self-aware at the point where you can actually recognize what you're doing is hurting you. I think it takes a lot. I think it takes a lot of self-awareness because sometimes people need to be told that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. You know, people need to be corrected when they're doing something wrong. And I think that being able to sit down with yourself and have that conversation with yourself or reflect and just be like, you know what? Maybe I'm taking it too personal. <laughs> you know? Maybe. Like sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, you need people that can disagree with you because you don't want people that just kind of like agree with you all the time because let's say if you're making mistakes, yeah, if you're making mistakes, they'll keep supporting you because they don't want to disagree with you. Yeah. I think for me, if I think about my life or when I think about the friendships that I've established, like, you know, back home and here, like I tell my friends this all the time. I'm like, listen, I'm not perfect. I might be good at like, you know, having, you know, things to say but sometimes if I am not treating myself right if or if I'm not taking myself seriously when I should or if I'm just doing things to come off a certain way you need to tell me you need to tell me that that's not in alignment with who I am not because I depend on your validity but sometimes people can be blind we can be blind to our own demise and and so I think it's a very good thing that 
you recognize like okay listen <laughs> um we are we disagreed that happened but that yeah. doesn't mean that this person is necessarily bad but i will say that i will say that the other thing is like sometimes it's good to have your guard up when it comes to like people that have extreme like perspectives yeah yeah true. because sometimes those those perspectives in trying to impress them you might now start changing yourself in order to maintain mm-hmm. that friendship you make you yourself know? small yeah yeah you make yourself small oh my god tell me about that mm-hmm. but you know you need to you need to be able to voice your opinion without having to take it personally um and if you can back it up with like a little bit of evidence go ahead go ahead and do all that and go ahead and show them that what they're saying is crap because crap. why not like us Tell like be able to just yeah. talk to If they're a good friend, they'll actually appreciate you for calling them out. Yeah, that's I think that's the biggest indicator. Like that's the biggest indicator. If you disagree with someone, oh my god, like I think this way, and you're like, oh, I don't see how you can think that way. And we are having a debate, and you're showing me evidence. I'm showing you evidence. I'm showing you a video. You're showing me a picture. You're showing me this. I'm showing you that. That's an intellectual conversation. That's something that needs to be had. You don't want your friends to always agree with you. That's boring. Mm. Yeah. You know? That's all yeah. I can say about that honestly. No, I actually hear that. Trauma. I hear that. I can I can't stop thinking about the way you say trauma and then you aligned it with humbled. I mean humbled, being humbled. I really can't stop thinking about that because how do you see the word trauma and think of something positive like because <laughs> most of us are like associate I always associate when somebody tells me I have trauma it's like I'm always going to associate it with something like a negative connotation always comes to mind so please tell me like how did you okay I think the best way I can like the best way I can like explain this even further to kind of like expand on like my second take on mm. like you know um family dynamic and like you know and like people's trauma how it like you know humbles you mm-hmm. um i am exposing my families today <laughs> forgive me i needed to talk about it but please go ahead um, to safe space so so we have um my dad's side is quite big honestly mm-hmm. but this is more of a closer cousin so my dad's late sister her children she had twins and they're quite older than me they're probably in their 30s now mm. um but they basically grew up in with like relatives because their mom passed away at a really young age and so it was like you know their uncles taking care of them their aunties taking care of them my mom taking care of them and all this and that and again like when we were living in nilongwe a lot of things happened when we were living in nilongwe and we lived there for a really long time my um one of my closest cousins not that we're close in friendship i don't do that um for personal reasons sorry people listen some family is just not worth the sweat yes okay you know my cousin like she was offered a really good opportunity my dad and my mom were willing to take care of her you know become like a part of our family and my dad like you know found her a really good school and sent her off to boarding to do high school and you know at the time I was still a kid I I was still you know playing with mud you know living life living life and you know um my mom then noticed that my cousin was not you know going to school she would say she's in school when she's not at she's school not, yeah 
she started doing all these things, you know, just hopping around, you know, yeah. not staying in one place. And I think that happens sometimes. But mind you, she did not grow up in a sort of stability that maybe I grew up in or you mm-hmm. grew up in. Where yeah. you have both parents and you have like, you know, that that sort of like protective bubble and you know someone is always looking after you it was always having to just rely on what you're given and not asking for more yeah but this was a very good opportunity because i think the biggest way we can invest in ourselves is education yeah and so she started form one anabanga form one went to form two Hmm. From two, this girl, she comes back home, okay? So this was the time we were living together. She comes back home. She tells my mom that, oh, I'm allergic to beans, so I had to come back home, okay? Hmm. It was a lie. My mom noticed the signs. My mom noticed the signs, found out that she was pregnant. Pregnant, yeah. And she was pregnant around maybe, like, I would say 16, 17. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And my mom was just done because she had been trying to give this girl like a really bright future. She had been trying her best to like make sure that, you know, she knows that at least there's someone that will care for her, regardless of her behaviors, regardless of her personality. Because, quote unquote, she see, she saw herself as outspoken, uh, you know, Yeah. but it's not really outspoken. It's just being rude and being disrespectful to the people that are trying to take care of you. She always had some sort of like snarky comment to say, and towards my mom as well. Always an answer for everything. Exactly. There was my mom and her have a history of how she used to perceive my mom, but my mom didn't care. She wanted to give her an opportunity to be in school. Yeah. Fast forward. She's pregnant. My mom is like, you're going home. You're going to your grandmother's. She packed her bags, drove her to Kasungu, and left her there because now it was no longer her problem. Yeah. You know? Eventually, she came back after giving birth. She didn't get with the guy. Mm. Now, the question that people might be asking themselves is, like, how did she get pregnant? Forgive me, but this girl got pregnant because she wanted a phone. From a guy. From a guy. The guy told her that... If we do the deed, then I'll give you a phone. Did she get the phone? She got pregnant. She didn't get the phone. Girl got pregnant but didn't even get the phone. Like, how, how, like, how disconnected are you from yourself that you don't even see what God is giving you right on the platter? She had the opportunity to be in school. She had the opportunity to grow up with me or, like, let's say grow up in, you know, a secured family household. But she gave that all up for a phone. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not dragging her, but I'm saying like, you know, I think sometimes it's, sometimes it's because of our own fault that blessings pass us by. And so she got pregnant, came back, she had a kid. She had the kid, you know, she didn't even want to take care of the kid. She would be in her room texting and the kid would just be like running around following me and whatnot. I didn't mind because I love kids, so I would always like carry her around and stuff like that. Fast forward, she decides, okay, I need to provide for my kid. I'm going to go to SA. So she left her kid in other people's hands. Basically, her kid is growing up in the same circle as she did, in the same cycle, I would say. Cool, where, yeah. yeah, where like 
she's in the hands of other people and always needing to like, you know, rely on what people give her and nothing more. And so I guess like, how does that trauma humble you? Mm. I became more like aware of the fact that education was going to be my strength. I I remember like thinking to myself, I now started like imagining like, you know, oh my God, like I'm going to be in high school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a hard worker. Like all of a sudden I had an example of what I didn't want to be. And it was her. I was like, no, I don't want to associate myself. I don't ever want to disappoint my parents. I don't ever want to give up on my opportunity. I don't want to disappoint them. I just don't want to do that. And I would say the way that humbled me was the fact that, you know, our own behavior can take away our blessings. Exactly. So you got to behave. Like, <laughs> behave, people. Behave. Behave. You know? yeah. Don't be out here just trying to do every, not like trying to do everything, but trying to seem like you can rely on your own strength. It doesn't you work can't. that way. It doesn't work that way. That's true. So I guess I guess that's the coloration there. Like, No, I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm really hearing it. Now you say speaking about relying on your own strength. <laughs> it's so funny how you have something positive to say, and I'm like. <laughs> I would say guilty as charged because everyone is guilty of it. Oh my gosh. No, like relying on your own strength. It's so funny how you're saying that that experience showed you that you cannot, like, you have to learn to not rely on your own strength and all that. You have to be able to rely on others. For me, a lot of the experience that I've seen between like my parents and their relatives, it has just made it like it's, it's, it has just made it so apparent to me that bro, I have to be able to do everything. I need to show everything. them. I need to show <laughs> them, and it's such a toxic trait because we honestly, as much as we like to be independent. We're in the world with other people and we need to learn how to live in community with other people. Yeah. In unionship, right? We need to learn how to live in unionship with other people. And this thing of being an independent whatever. And that's what like, um, because you know, my mom, from a young age, my mom has always said, I've always tried to make sure that I communicate with other people, socialize and all that. I've never really been the best person at socializing because but I'm learning like the importance of that now, of living in yeah. union with other people and relying on others. But let me not lie to you, I'm so scared. You know why I'm scared of that? I don't want, because I've seen so many instances with people around me where maybe they relied on somebody or somebody helped them. And then that person mm. turns around and that says, Goody, did not go back like Like, you know. I just hate, I just don't ever Mm. want, that actually, that happened to me recently as well, and the way I was so angry, like, that made me livid, like, I'm like, what? Because it was Mm. like, "Mm -mm." you see, I'm so afraid of that, somebody turning around and saying, okay, Chimomo is there because I helped him with this. And that has made me so hyper, like, so, like, that has made me become so self, like, become within myself. Like, I don't like, 
I don't like relying mm. on other people, basically. So that's how that has made me afraid to basically lean on on other people. Even when, like, yeah. You know, um, I think that's I think that's really interesting, and I can see how it ties back into like that fear mm-hmm. and. I think the biggest thing from what you've said, and I think something that I agree with is like, I've also been that person where like, you know, actually I am still learning how to ask for help, even in a Mm. workspace. Like sometimes I do this thing where I take on more responsibility than I can handle. And then I don't want to show people that I cannot handle it. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of like come crashing down because of a burnout or whatever. But But I've started learning how to like be open like be open about needing help because yeah. I think there's nothing shameful about asking for help, but that's like in scenarios where it's like profession and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I've also been in that situation where like someone treated me with that disrespect, like being like, you know, calling me out saying, Goody, you know, I've helped mm. you. Da, da, da. And I think the worst of it all is when that person keeps insisting on helping you let me help you ah. and it's like what complex are you trying to like satisfy because at the end of the day this person turns around and then they're like Umazona ngadindan. exactly you know, so i think like to speak on that to kind of like expand on that um you know, the biggest thing I've learned about like friendships, speaking on friendships and like helping and stuff. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I've learned about friendships is that I've gone through so many different types of friendships, you know, um, gotten out of friendships, gotten into friendships. And I think that's an experience, you know, some friends are for seasons and some friends are for a lifetime. Yeah. But I now started asking God, I like, as a God, I need friends that also believe in you. Yeah. Because if they have the love that Jesus Christ has, there is no need for them to drag me when they help me. In fact, they'll be more than willing to hold my hand when I am going through the toughest times in my seasons. Exactly. And so for me, it's like I have to center, I have to center Jesus Christ in my friendship. It's like, do you or do you not believe in Jesus Christ? This might be an extreme thing, but it's like if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, I'm ne- never, 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 never going to tell you my problems. How you're going to help come me? With, you're, you're not going to come with. You're going to bring me a solution that is very worldly. Where like exactly. I'm at a time where I need divine faith. I need exactly. Faith. Yeah. So I think like that's something that I'm always looking for in friendships where it's like, do you believe in God to the extent that you're willing to work on your faith? Because sometimes if you go through a rough time, I can help you find the verses or I can help pray with you, or I can just like, you know, send you sermons and you can listen to those things. It seems, it seems so audacious to say that, but like, I have no, I have no shame in, you know, being restrictive about who I associate myself with because you, you, you are who you associate yourself with. And if you're associating yourself with people that, you know, have money and will help you give you the money or their friends that will help you get into the clubs or their friends that will help you, you know, you know, just all these worldly, you know, all these worldly passes. Mm-hmm. Those are friends that are never going to give you any sort of like, you know, um, mental growth. They're not going to help you become more spiritually aware of who you're supposed to be, you know, in the light of, in the light of Christianity. 
But if you have friends that, you know, love Jesus Christ and want to be close to him and want to be, you know, faithful and are trying their best or thrive, you know, um, striving to be better Christians, I think that in itself is already something that can help you feel security. It can help you feel like, okay, you know what? I am going through it, you remember? But listen, I just need you to pray for me. Exactly. I'm not going to be able to talk about it, but just please pray just for pray me. Just pray for and me because and understand. Yeah, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm sorry, people, but not like, okay, listen, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be civil or I wouldn't be an acquaintance, but I just wouldn't trust my, I wouldn't trust myself to open up to someone that is not religious. You know, you might, let's say you might be Muslim or you might, you know, be of a different religion. I think that in itself is also something that qualifies as, you know, mm, worth me like being like able to talk to you about spirituality and like, okay. you know, faith. But let's say you're sort of like that person that is like, I don't know, I just think the universe. Atheist. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm out. I, you know, the funniest thing is that you just answered my question because I was about to ask you like, what if I have like, what if somebody has like a different belief or religion basically? So as long as you believe that there is God and you have a and you pray, or you have something that is faith-based, because I feel like one thing that, like, a lot of religions have in common is most of them are, like, faith-based, believing in what we don't see, believing that, yeah, so... Yeah. Mm, even sense. to, like, um, yeah, even to, like, kind of, like, I think to practice, like, Christianity is, like, that constant, like, I would say that constant reconfiguration Mm-hmm. In a sense, because like, you know, you're not always going to have a smooth sailing, like, you know, Christian life. Um, I think some people just have a better knock at it as more than other people. Yeah. I've definitely struggled with my faith. And I, that's why I came to this conclusion. Yeah. Um, because like, at some point, like, you know, I got into this deep, like, rabbit hole of like, do aliens exist? And, you know, where, 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 who are the Anunnaki and all these things. And it really drove me away from God because it was almost as if I was searching for everything else to prove that God existed with my eyes and not my, not with my heart. Exactly. And then there was also a point in time where like every time I wanted to be closer to God, I would always take the extreme measures and stuff like that. But speaking specifically on like why I choose that for my friendships is simply what I explained is like, how am I supposed to trust myself to tell you, about what I'm facing in my spiritual life, in my Christian life. If you're not the person that's going to be like, you know, the Bible tells us to not be afraid. The Bible tells us to, you know, um, rely on to him for he is the one that leads the way, you know. And then to even have a person that is able to know that or a person that like is able to remind you of the word of God when when your mind is like, doing too much you know it's going haywire it it brings you back to that state of you know yeah not like control but i would say it just it 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 shrinks that fear it shrinks that anxiety it shrinks that stress because then you understand like oh yes my strength is not as strong as god's because when has my strength ever been better than god's and so i think that's why like i just i i can't like 
we can talk we can talk about like you know we can talk about our education we can talk about the problems in the world we can talk about this but, but you never that's talk about only, yeah but i'll never be able to talk about what i'm going through because i i just don't see how you can help me <laughs> and is that like and the question is is somebody that you can't even talk about like when you're not at your best is that even your friend like if you cannot express yourself when you're not at your best mm-hmm. with somebody mm-hmm. is that even your friend because a friend is somebody that loves you for who you are. Because, you know, you mm. can pretend with different people, but your friend knows you. Mm, mm, mm. That's why, like, it's so easy, like, mm-hmm. for your friend to, like, sense it when you're not okay, even if yeah. you haven't said anything, right? Exactly. But I think there's also this thing you need to keep in mind, like, for whoever is listening. It's like, there's different types of friends, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a different friend for each and everything that you associate your life with. Um, for me, I kind of think of it as tears. Like there is the friends that I always need to keep constant and I need to always show them love. And I always need to like remind them that they're loved. And I always need to like, you know, be there for them because I love them. I choose to love them. And then there's friends that I associate myself with them because we work well together. We're able to Mm -hmm. get things done together. We're able to like, you know, live in this world and move together, you know, in a way that helps us become the better versions of ourselves. Yeah. And then there's the people that I just, no matter how hard to try to insert themselves in my space, I just won't. I'll say <laughs> hi to you. I'll talk to you, but you will never see me calling you. You will never see me telling, asking you how you are because I am just simply not curious, but mm-hmm. you still keep those people around because the thing is, we move in life where you need to be able to keep your friends close, but also your enemies closer. And sometimes your enemy is your friend. And you don't need to show that that's your enemy. You just need to show them that this is the distance I've created for you. Cross that boundary and you will know, mm-hmm. you know. And because sometimes, like, um, some people come into your life not because they have the best intentions. It's just because they want to slow you down in your you know, in your faith. They want to slow you down in the process of you becoming, you know, the best version of yourself at that moment. And beyond that, it's not because they wish you harm. It's just that they don't know who they are. And that's why they're so busy with like other people's lives. Wow. It's crazy. So, um, okay. So what I'm understanding from what you're saying is keep, basically keep all these different types of friends around you to a certain degree. But the ones that are your friends, keep them. It, so you get, there's an inside circle, there's an outer circle, and then there's a, uh, and for those people that don't know, we drew like the biggest circle around all the circles inside, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But those are the ones that you keep at bay, you know, like, yeah. they're the type of people that you don't want to bump into and feel awkward, but they make you feel awkward. Yeah. Or, you know, and so you have to be like, Hi, how are you? Oh, new hair. Good. Okay, nice seeing you. See you later. Bye. You know? I hear not your those type of interactions. Yeah, you're just yeah. you're trying to move through life without offending anyone to an extent where it has to become an altercation. Sometimes you can offend people through conversation, maybe in a way that you're able to stand firm in your, you know, in your beliefs or like in the things that you know as, you know, um, facts or whatever it is but if you kind of like match their energy or let's say you match their level of thinking you're just wasting time 
And so instead of trying to match their level of thinking or trying to reason with them, keep them around. But every time they try to insert themselves, create that boundary. Just always, they're trying to come at this corner, you're blocking it. Trying to come at this corner, you're blocking it. They will know themselves because at some point, everyone reaches that point where mm-hmm. and then you start asking yourself, am I the problem? Am I the problem? Uh, and you know, it's so funny how you say it when you do this. You, I feel like I went through the same thing with somebody, but not me being the one that was creating the boundary, but the people or like the people were creating the boundary with me, but I just didn't understand what was happening, you know? So mm. like, um, so I think the person didn't regard me as a friend. Like, you know, those moments when you take somebody as like, you think someone is your friend, but they don't regard you as such. Or maybe the level of friendship with the way they thought of me and the way I thought of them, right? So it's like, for mm. the longest time, it's like, the way, create a boundary, but I'll like, try my best to like, go this way. And then it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, try my best to jump over the fence. But yeah, I understanding at first, so it's like I became defensive about it, mm-hmm. or I took it personally, mm. right? And then for me to learn from that is that I had to go through the same thing with another person myself. The one I had to become the person that was creating the boundary. So it's kind of like I kind of got like a real. I kind of realized that oh, okay. So basically, this is the way you act when you don't care about someone like that. So basically, that person that was creating boundaries with you didn't regard you in such a way. It's not personal. They just didn't regard you. And it's important to understand that and respect the boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You know, that's so beautiful that you see it that way as well. Because, like, I I I think that sometimes when people are trying to take care of themselves and they're trying to create boundaries for themselves, we tend to take it personal. We tend to get offended. But we don't realize that it's not about you. Recently, actually, um, me and my, I had an ex-roommate before I moved um, out of, you know, school. Um, we became close in that, like, that time. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know, when you see things, something up close, you don't see the full picture. Yeah, but hindsight. Exactly. So there were certain things that, like, you know, when you're a type of person that, doesn't necessarily like to say much until asked you you tend to notice a lot of things and so for me it was always me looking inside rather than me being inside we became close you know um grew attached but I always knew that this was never gonna go anywhere I not that I always knew but I had to make peace with it because following up to what led to me deciding that were all these little actions of like competitive not competitiveness god let me not say competitiveness but it was all these things that made me realize that this person lacked a bit of like self-awareness okay and not to say that i don't associate myself with people that lack self-awareness it's just that it's harder to be yeah because if you tell them something and they're not willing to see from your perspective it's almost as if you're looking down on them but you're not you just and me my problem trying to help people a lot just always being like, yeah, but 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 you can do this, you can, you can. and and then people again get offended because they why did you tell them how to live? Yeah, yeah. How to live right. We moved out, she moved out, and I moved out, and it was one of those things where those things were still happening, those little itty bitty things that just 
would always get to me and you know eventually i just distant myself i never said anything was wrong because nothing was wrong it was just that i realized that that friendship was bringing the worst out of me mm-hmm. it was things like having to always talk about someone if we're hanging out always having to do this always having to you know all these things that i just wanted to not be associated with anymore because i just wanted to be quiet like i've always wanted to just be a very quiet person i've always wanted to just kind of like sit and not talk and just think and or just talk to you know christ in my thoughts but i couldn't do that because there was always someone trying to you know get me all riled up or this and that and then eventually like months passed by i was finishing my education da, 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 da. they started reaching out asking why i've been distant and it wasn't like why i've been distant it was always let's hang out and i would always hey. be like when are you free when are you free and there would be no response let's hang out and they wouldn't you know be like when they wouldn't respond and then we started we made a plan they canceled last minute on the day of and then it felt hypocritical because this person had gone through that same thing where someone else canceled on them last minute and they did that to me yes maybe we have established that we are close friends whatever but we're not blood mm. and so even your best friend you need to respect their boundaries It, they're a person to. too they're a person too and they can get hurt right Oh, yeah. that hurt me it just reassured me what I had really been seeing eventually i got a message why are you being distant da, da, da. and then i explained everything that led up to it and i was like how is this being distant i think you just don't see that i'm not the type of person mm-hmm. to always kind of like be here be there be this and that yeah. and so i learned i learned how to express myself i learned how to you know be able to say no i hear you but no like this is not where you're no like you're not allowed in this threshold yeah. and it took a lot it took facing a lot of people it took a lot of internal work because i had to con- not convince myself but i had to come to a realization that i too deserve to stand up for myself you know and and, and so i don't know where i was going with this point but that's what i wanted to say about like you know just that little I feel like from what you're saying, somebody has literally told, my sister said the same thing as well, because she has a friend like that as well, and it's also, I also had a friend like that, I mean, I also had, um, I was like, I was experiencing somebody, the friendship didn't work out, so I like to say I was experiencing who they were, <laughs> but during that time, right? they basically say the same thing and you know one thing that i've noticed when somebody continuously um ca- i mean cancels plans last minute or they try to make a plan with you and then they come around and say oh you have the problem you're becoming distant they don't prioritize your friendship basically when they're making plans with you it's like a backup plan if plans with the inner circle falls through i can go out with you but if they do happen that means yeah I can easily tell Nurse that you know what I don't want to hang out and should be okay with it. And secondly, they always know what they're doing to you, but they think you're dumb and you want to understand. And then they'll gaslight you all the time. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And they're always the first people to tell you, "Let's hang out." When like you be on your own and you won't even say anything, you won't reach out, you start to move on and then you see a text, "Hi, long time." 
Do you want to hang out? It's always like that. Hi, long time. <laughs> you want to hang out? Are you oh free my tonight? God. <laughs> so, guys, I basically no. I think you said something there that kind of like um resonates with me, and you know, I think people tend to think like. Hmm. Maybe I speak for myself, but I doubt that I speak for myself because I think a lot of people that are self-aware of who they are and they're constantly working on themselves and growth is like one of the visions they have. Being alone does not bother them as much as people think. Yeah. I think when you're used to always having like to do things here, there, 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 always having people to make you feel like you're less alone. You think that when people are alone, they're depressed. And that's not the case. Yes, I might cry once or twice, but that's what we call growth, you know, because I'm allowing, yeah, yeah, I'm allowing myself to sit in my emotions and process them as they are, as raw as they come. But I don't think I've ever been that type of person that, being alone has ever bothered me to the extent where I can be like, yes, there was a period in time where I fell away from God for a really like for a while. And that was the time where I was willing to put up with any sort of friendship. It happens, but I think it made me love myself more afterward because now like there are friends that I have that when we make a plan, it's always a good plan. When we have conversation, it's always good conversation. And sometimes we disagree, sometimes we don't. It's always good. And it's not all the time that I see them. It's not like the person that I hang out today, I'm going to see them again tomorrow or the day after. Sometimes I might talk to that person once a week and then I'll talk to them maybe the next month. And for me, it's like learn to give people space, but also give yourself space. Learn to understand that, you know, a lot of life is going to be you facing things alone. As much as like it's easy to talk to your friends about something, sometimes they won't have the answer. But if you're always constantly keeping yourself recharged through other people, you, you, you will know who you are. And do you know what comes a lot with like somebody who always wants to be around people? You know, you start to face things. Because life is life. You can be, I mean, it's, kind of impossible for people to be happy all the time or experience good things all the time right so somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't know themselves or doesn't sit in their emotions you will start to like as much as it's okay to open up to your friends you start to like emotionally dump on other people i don't know if you know what i mean like you just all the time like it's okay like it's good to have a system where like okay i can talk to my friends but you know you know when you talk to somebody and you're like eh. <laughs> like you just know like you know you hang out with somebody and you already know how the script looks like mm, and mm. that's what happens to a lot of people when they do not give themselves time to just be but also see now that also ties into like respecting people and boundaries it's like mm. let's say if i call you up and it hasn't been a while since we talked and we're talking and i'm like hey do you want my is it okay if I share something with you? Yeah. Not only have I respected you, I've also allowed you to set a boundary. Mm. Because you can be like, you know what? This is not the best time. I just wanted us to have a light chat. But how about I reach back 
tomorrow and we can talk about it. Wow. You know, I've never done that with any of my friends. I think I should. And that <laughs> one question that popped in my mind when you said that, I'm like, yeah. if my friend ever asked me, like, is it okay if I share Can I say no, really? No. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But sometimes, sometimes you can say no. I think, but see, it also ties back into like, where, hey, I, I am so sorry to the audiences, but I, a lot of my personal practice of how I carry myself through life is based on how does this affect my faith. Mm-hmm. But see now, if you now have a friend who is in Christ and you ask that question, they're not going to be like, why are you asking that question? You know you can always talk to me. They'll be open to tell you how they feel about if you want to talk about it or not. Not to say that sometimes you have to ask, but okay, for instance, let's create a scenario. I love creating scenarios. Mm. You've been talking about the same problem over and over and over Uh, again. Do mm. I need to say more? Even though I'm like, ah, I know that I've gone through a period of time when I did that to my friends, though. And... We've all done that. Oh, my God. You oh think Lord. I'm talking about other people? Bless their hearts. They listened to me every time. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, in scenarios like that, do you just go, hey, but, 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 or do you go, hey? Because what if I'm just adding on to your weight? And I just never mm-hmm. thought of it like that. I'm adding on. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody brings, like, you come on a phone go like, yeah, I just want to chat with my friend. And then somebody brings something just affects your mood but you know sometimes when people tell you your problems now this is from the person listening not the person talking right yeah sometimes i also ask like what you're about to tell me do you just want me to listen or do you want me to provide mm, a solution yeah. That's an because sometimes solution. people just want to rant you know mm. so I as you're ranting exactly so if i ask and i'm like hey do you want to do you want me to help you figure out how you can go about this? Or do you want me to just listen? And if they say, oh, I just want to listen. Oh, I add more fire. They'll be like, so imagine it. How dare they? You know? Because that's what they need. They need that supportiveness. They need to be justified. Yeah. Yeah, they need to be, they, you need to help them feel justified in their emotion because Really, if it was something that they need a solution with help, then you can be like, mm, but aren't you overreacting? <laughs> you know? So there's two sides to it, I think. That's what I've learned. Like, um, And I guess that's why my circle is so small, because I've been doing too much. <laughs> okay. And I just wanted to say something about, like, okay. So right now you've been talking about boundaries establishing mm. the type of friends or which friends are which. I, yeah. have a, I have a confession. I cannot, as much as I really do understand the need to establish boundaries and have and knowing your friends, I'm that type of person who, when I become close to somebody or start building friendships, basically, I don't like having different types of friends. That's okay. You know what I mean? I just like to, yeah. if you're my friend... You have to, I have to be able to talk to you about everything. And That's if okay. If I feel like I cannot talk to you about everything, I cannot do anything else with you. I don't know if that makes sense. That's the type of person that I am. 
person. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And I think I think that's a very strong trait to have. And I think it takes a lot to know who you are and what you need from people. Yeah. I learned that because I was told that I tend to overshare. And then I started thinking about it like, okay, I like to live my life as like an open book. So I have to surround mm-hmm. with people that know me through and through. But it's also important to understand that not everybody needs to know you. See, the thing is, like, there's nothing wrong with you, like, establishing the fact that if you're going to have a friend, they need to know who you are through and through. Mm -hmm. I think that's a healthy way to look at it because then you won't have to worry about who is trying to stab you where, Mm. you know, Um, because the people that truly know you, they love you, they want the best for you, and they're always going to be there um, should life permit it, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I guess that's the biggest takeaway here. It's like, you should never feel like how you decide to go about friendship is the wrong thing. I would just say that, I would just say that, you know, having one type of friend, just know that if they think I like with you, there's no room for growth. Yeah. So you need, if you're going to establish, like, let's say friends, friendships that, not to say this is an advice, Again, mm. I have to learn how to correct myself when I'm doing yeah. that. Not to say that this is an advice, right? Yeah. But if you're going to establish like friendships with like people, you need to also see them that they're their own person. Exactly. Correct. 100%. And I, do you know how hard it is to be friends with somebody who is not their own person? Uh, it's almost creepy. It is creepy. Whatever they say, yes, that is true. Yes. I know, right? I know. Do you want to hold Do you want to stroll down the, you know, the pathway? Oh my god! <laughs> I cannot. I yeah, they need to be their own person. I'm gonna bring me the Sis, Jimmer chats. The podcast where we don't take ourselves and lives too seriously. <laughs> so you talked about money when it comes to. Trauma based on other people's experience. Yeah, I think for this part, I'm just going to keep it short. Okay, so I think for me it was like, because again, like I say, the biggest takeaway is like, how do other people's trauma humble you? And yeah. through money, I think that is like the relationship with money. And I think that's something that you also mentioned, right? Yeah. Um. So I've seen two scenarios occur. So. Yeah. This um we're just gonna we're gonna call her Lady D, okay? Mm-hmm. Lady D is also a Malawian. This is the Malawian lady that at some point we became friends, but we fell apart because again, like you know, just different mindsets, different points in life, and things happen like that, you know. Sometimes Lady D had a boyfriend, Mr. Kenya, okay? Mm-hmm. Mr. Kenya always used to present himself as you know the money guy, the guy that knows how money works, and. You know, from the day one that I met him, I was like, please do not get close to me. I do not like you at all. It is in my blood. I don't know what it is, but my spirit does not like your demons. Sorry. You know? And so he would always go about, like, always talking about money when we were all hanging out and stuff like that. He would always talk about how it's so easy to make money, how he's an investment guy, da 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 Miss D, Miss D got in this relationship with this guy, broke up after two months. And then she started telling me about him and she's like, oh, he was saying that apparently I just want him for his money. Hey, how would I want him for his money? Hey, da, 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 And to me, I kept thinking, I was like, you said he has a roommate? How is that money? But anyway, you know. 
Okay. <laughs> not, not business, but okay. It didn't, it didn't allow me as well. Having a roommate. Like, okay. No, this wasn't in Malawi. This is like in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so this is in Canada. This happened like over a year and a half ago. Okay. Okay. So she then got back with him. They kept going out. They kept, you know, whatever. And then they broke up the second time. They broke up the second time. She went about her life, but then they go back together the third time. So, you know, being someone that's looking in from outside, I realized that this guy did not respect her at all. And that this guy had done so many things to establish that he knows that she does not think for herself. So Miss D, I don't know, maybe she just kind of like, you know, got up with like, you know, the the pleasures of being in a sexual relationship with someone because the D also plays a big role, okay? Let's establish that. Tell me. Okay? Sometimes... I've made so many bad decisions because of... Anyways, that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. And I love people that are listening to this also know that sometimes when you're sexually you know, connected with someone, the decisions you make can be questionable, especially if that person is unhealthy for you. And it had already been shown that he was unhealthy for her. And so when when me and Miss D fell out, like it wasn't one of those things where I said anything to her. It was just one of those things where like I had heard things about myself coming from her through other people. And I just kind of like removed myself from the situation because I was like, okay, there's no amount of kindness I can give you for you to be a better person. Yeah. Clearly, you are about to meet a crossroad and I don't want to be there when it's happening. Yeah. Fast forward to a few months, I then hear that Mr. Kenya had left the country and that he had told Miss D that he was going to visit his daughter in the East Coast, right? Turns out it wasn't true. Turns out he was in Turkey. Oh, what else? He had convinced her that he can be able to help her make money through investing. How much? Asisi, how much? How much did this, how much did Miss D spend on this oh, man? So much. 20 please. grand. No. 20 hey. grand. Canadian dollars. Canadian dollar. Converting into Malawian kwacha. Almost. Almost minus 20 million. Yeah. Minus so yeah, Shiba. You know what? Converter. Let me even do it. Quick, quick. But it's pretty much. 20 grand. And you know what's even worse about the situation? She loaned the money from a loan company. She went and took a loan, gave this guy money, apparently to invest. And I was like, okay, first of all, that's not how investment works. You don't need to spend so much money to make a return. No, second you of don't. All, second of all, a simple YouTube can tell you that a person... That is a actually, bad idea. But okay, but what convinced her though? The D. Because there is no amount... There is no amount of convincing that would make me go to a go to go to a loan company, take money that I cannot afford to pay back on interest. Twenty grand. The woman I don't even know would want to go. 
tango kuma na pa Canada. I swear, ineo ndibo, even when it's something as small as $20, guys, no. Money, the way people are about money in Canada is different. That's one thing I've noticed, like, people here handle money with so much brutality. That's the only word I have for it. In Japan, pretty much. Ish. Yeah, how much was that in Malawi and Kwaja? Yeah, so I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I knew you would like this one. I knew you would like this one. So that definitely humbled me to an extent because I was like, I will never be digged down so much for me to even forget about my own dignity because there is no way I would give a man money and he ain't even put a ring on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that desperate. And you know what's crazy? It's like you would think that maybe her age would have allowed her to be smarter. She was way older than me. At that time, she was turning 30. Yes. Yes. A 30-year-old woman getting scammed out of 20 grand by her boyfriend. 20 grand is 14 million kwaja. That's rounding up. Actually, 15 million rounding up. That's a lot of money. Thinking he'll come with big returns. He went he went to Turkey, then returned to Kenya. Now the thing is, later on she then found out that she wasn't the only one that got scammed. He had been going to church pretending to be this devoted guy, pretending to be this investment guy, scamming innocent people, scamming innocent Christians. He scammed people out of 300 grand. But now he's in Kenya. He's in Kenya. I think, guy, I feel like this is not talked about enough. People need to be suspicious when it comes to how, how they deal with money. Yeah. And I feel like people are not suspicious enough. They just trust because I love you. As and as as Nene said, if the D is good, let me just give away tw- thir- 20, 20 <laughs> grand. <laughs> that just pissed me off. What? <laughs> You know what? I I was so ready to expose that story because I don't know. I'm not saying could she deserved it, but I'm saying could you you've been doing too much. This is what happens when you be doing too much. Because the thing is, like you're you're relying on someone else to give you financial literacy. You're relying on someone that you do not necessarily know mm. to give you access to something that you can teach yourself. It's not hard to take financial courses. It's not hard to learn about how investment works. It's not that difficult. But this guy, knew Woody, this girl, does not have sense. Because how can you go back three times to a guy that wants to listen to Clearly, he had the green light. It's that thing of creating, what if he does How many times must somebody show you? Mm-hmm. For you to understand. Nah, this time he was like, yeah, let me get money. Let me and get money. For you to understand. I don't like you. Yes, see, that's the thing. Like, I think how it ties into, like, humbleness is that when I heard about that, I was like, okay, you know what? 
I need to move quietly about my money. I need to be able to kind of like, you know, when it comes to my relationship, let's say if it's a, it's a, you know, a boyfriend type of relationship, um, I need to be smart about it. But it also kind of like taught me that, you know, um, just because people are older doesn't mean they're smarter. They're not. They're actually not. And it's because, so funny how you're talking about how you need to move quietly about money. Because I had to learn that. I was a person that I didn't necessarily, I don't, sp- I didn't necessarily like made bad decisions with money, but I wasn't mm. quiet about my money. And I had to learn that the hard way. But be quiet about how much you have. <laughs> You don't need to be doing too much. Even if it's your, even if it's, I don't care how, what type of relationship you have. Mm, what, what, mm. Money changes any relationship, family, mm-hmm. romantic, friendship. It changes relationships. But sorry for cutting you off. But as you're saying, no, you weren't. You weren't cutting me off. But mm. and and the thing is, I like, think about like how that impacted her. Like, did she, did she even get the time to like process it? Like, did she take the time to sit in that feeling of, I was having sex with this guy. Mm-hmm. He pretended to like me. He took my money that I borrowed from a loan shark or a loan company. And now he's gone. He's not picking up my call. Like, can you imagine the, tr- like, imagine the PTSD you would get from that. Please. Are you saying so, stories like this make me scared to be involved? With yeah, it? yeah. So, kind of like moving on to the next, um, to the next like story about money, and this is my last story. Um, yeah. The thing is, like, um, the friend I was telling you about, where it's like, okay, I'm trying to create distance, and it's always like, oh, but why, why are you being so distant, da, 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 and mm-hmm. this and that, and financial literacy, guys, is a very important thing. Like. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to manage your money, I'm sorry for you. You need to go and Google how to save, how to invest, how to plan, how to budget. Because, you know, money runs the world. But that doesn't mean that just just because some also another point, side point. Some Christians think that just because you're Christian, you need to be broke. Said who? But I don't know why, but I, that's just not true. You know, mm. you're meant you're meant to figure out how you can reap what you sow. So some people work hard, some people have four jobs, five jobs. But if let's say you're working so hard but you don't know how to invest, what's gonna happen? You're just gonna now, be working in no money. Exactly. So this person, like she she would always kind of like I'll see where she would spend money, always buying the next thing, always buying clothes, always buying shoes, da da da. She would always be like, Oh my god, I don't have money to pay my credit card. Oh my god, I don't have da da da. And then I started I'd like I would ask her here and there, like, oh, like, did you not get paid? You know? Because she was working a really good job. She was getting like, you know, more than minimum wage and stuff like that. Yeah. And then one day she walked in on me and I was doing like my financial plan. Like I have this book where I like put all my like budget for every month. Yeah. Um I and so she asked me, like, oh, how do you do it? And I was like, Well, First of all, you have to make two days out of the month where you can sit in the at the very beginning and at the end and see where your money is going, see what you need to reduce, see what you need to increase, you know, make a plan and like, you know, calculate how much you need, how much you're going to gain, how much you're going to save, how much credit you have and all these things. And I basically gave her like just the tip of the iceberg and I was like, yeah, take it. I hope it helps. Learn, yeah. What happened next, Guana? Like, you know, I don't even think we really like, it wasn't like it pissed me off. It was just sort of that thing where I was like, hey, 
some people beyond help. Yeah. What happened? She had been saving money for a while. And she, yeah. she was like, you know, ever since I was back home, I never really got to like, I never really got to spend things on myself. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, I hear you. And she's like, yeah. So I have seen this bag, this designer bag, and I want to get it. And I was like, how much is it? It's like, oh, it's almost three grand. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And mind you, this was like the peak of us having to move out of, you know, uni. Yes. Not the bag. Do you, do you know, it wasn't even like a work bag. It was those like little like nice like pouch bags that are like, you know, for like going out and stuff like that. It's not a utility bag. It's not a durable. It Maybe it might be durable. you find a bag like that somewhere else where it's like $25 yeah. or something? Not even $55. You could just get a second hand. Nah, see, easily. And it, people understand it second hand. But continue. Do you see what I mean? No, yeah. like, so she wasn't thinking ahead. And then what happened after kind of like... This was where I was kind of like, see, you reap what you saw. Mm. You reap what you saw. And I saw it happen to her because then she had to move out. And you know, usually like when you're trying to find a good apartment... Usually the land person, uh, like um, the property owner wants you to have deposit. a security deposit. Yeah. They want you to be able to show that you can afford to pay for the deposit and then moving forward, whatever agreement you come with is whatever agreement you come with. Yeah. And then when you move out, it's not like you're going to be telling your parents, oh, get me this, get me that. Unless, unless, you know, unless your parents are kind enough. Yeah. I know that like for me, I had to, I had enough money to pay for my like to pay for my deposit, but I also had enough money to buy a bed. Mm. At least I knew Woody, even if Ndigan go lower, more than the Ndibo Gona. We know Woody Wana, what is it kind of You know? That is what it's important. Yeah, that is what is important. So imagine you spend three grand and then you move out and you're like, no one wants to give me money to buy items for the house. And I was like Come again, say what? Items for the house. I, I need to get this. I need to get... And I was like... In my mind, I was like... You reap what you saw. Because, girl, why would you spend three grand on a bag when you could have just saved that money to get yourself whatever you wanted? Three grand is too much money. Craigslist. Kijiji. Yeah? All these platforms that you can actually find good items. And that three grand would have helped her so much to, like get things that she needed at that time but no it's like i feel like sometimes when we grow up with like hand me outs yeah. financial literacy is not in the room so for me when i saw that it wasn't necessarily like a humbling experience but i was just kind of like you reap what you saw you reap what you saw you know what so that's the thing with money it's it comes with two extremes see the one you're afraid to spend money. You don't, you're so stingy with it. Like you, you know, so you, have money. Hey, you know, you have money. You don't want, you'd rather be feeling every rock. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> be one with the earth. <laughs> be one with the earth. Oh my gosh. 
Or you, you end up like that where it's like, it's so extreme. Like, it's either, and you know, people are like that. It's either Mina, they grow up with no money and they just attained the money right there. Mm. Then they're overdoing it. Or Kabena Mina, they grew up with too much money that they did not learn how to. But you yeah. know, people, the thing with that is that you need to come to a realization yourself. Right? You really need to come to a realization on your own. And me too, like, to be honest. I'm also learning how to like move move with money. Like learn how to spend it. God, not be afraid of money. And when oh. I'm saying about not being afraid of money, it's like, you know, I get so when I get paid, or like maybe my dad sends me like Minaka allowance or something, right? I get so afraid. I get so much anxiety when I have that money in my account. What am I supposed to do with so it's like I'm learning how to spend my money, save it. And not be afraid of it. Just know goody. When money comes, money goes. But not oh. like to the, to the extreme. Your goody, I'm over like, you know, overspending it. Not thinking about tomorrow and all that. And ah, man, money is a tricky thing. Wow. That's true. That's true. And the thing is like, what you said, like money comes but and money goes is like, but money comes slow. And it, when money and comes slow, it lives so fast. How can you spend one million in such a short time? Gosh, there's so many things to spend on in the world. I think mm. if somebody even said it that, you know, no one will ever say I have too much money. People will always say I don't have enough money. <laughs> May I say I have money? It's, I'll be out here saying I am declaring that I, I have, have money. money. I have Please. money. People I have need to money. start doing, ah, guys. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mama my lane, eh? Yeah, mama malinga. And in the last years, when it's only I cannot afford, I'm like, I will mm-hmm. afford. I will afford. I will yeah. afford. You know. So that's the thing about money is like, I think the biggest takeaway from the money segment part is like, don't let money humble you. Don't let it humble you because <laughs> because I've been there like where I spent all the money on like maybe doing all these things and stuff like that. And I can't eat because there's nothing in the fridge. I can't go out because I don't have money to like spend. Yeah. Maybe if the money comes, I have to like, you know, I have to. And so I'm not necessarily like, you know, I'm not necessarily dragging this person for buying the bag. I think what that reminded me, because again, we were at the peak of moving out. It reminded me that I will reap what I saw. Like I will, I'll reap what I put in. And so it kind of like refreshed my mind and kind of like reminded me like, yeah. hey, remember last time? You used to be broke and you mm-hmm. never used to have enough money to take care of yourself. See what's happened here. Do you want to do the same thing? And then now it's like, the, I can even say confidently, I have an events, investment account. I'm always putting money in there. And there's nothing shameful about that because I'm investing in myself. I'm investing exactly. in my future. You know, I don't know how long my parents will be here. And you need something I, to start you off or like at least. Exactly. Mm. Anything can happen tomorrow. And I would need to go back home to Malawi. And then the city, like, you know, I, I don't know when I'll pay you back, but well, you're going through your own. Honestly. Yeah, so that's why it's like, move quietly with your money. Move quietly. And the other thing that I've also learned in terms of like spending to kind of add on to what you said, like, I've made Dorama my best friend. Like, ah. I always go with a $25 budget and I get whatever I want. Exactly. You I know, just, every month, 
I just go with $25. I'll maybe buy a notebook, mean I'm a penny, whatever, and I spend it for $25. Those are things that you, you just know, make you yeah. feel like, like shop therapy, y'all. It mm, works. It works you magic. Need, you don't need so much. And I feel like people need to understand that there are so many things. If you feel like something is too expensive, right? There's there's a high chance that you'll find something similar to what you want. Oh, we're not so the same at a lower mm. price. If you just look for it. If That's you true. Really just look for it. That's one thing that I had to really learn the hard way. Kudi, mm. if I feel like this purchase is not sitting well with me, like it's just making me feel as if Muna, I'm spending. Just wait, guy. <laughs> I'm gonna call myself out. I <laughs> I uh I did just wait, guy. Last week, I went to the mall and I just needed to get some, you know, very important things. You know, sometimes you just need, you just need to reinvest into like my bras or this, right? And then, I'm like, oh, this carpet is gonna look nice in my bedroom. I go and I buy it. Yeah. Out of the budget that I do not have. Yeah. Did I not return it the same day, the same hour? I literally went and I sat with myself and I was like, Nene, that is too much money for a carpet. You will find a carpet that you will like and you'll be able to afford it at that time. Go and return this. I went back and I returned it. There's nothing shameful about it, saying that you cannot afford it at that time. Honestly, like honestly. And it's so, it's so nice that you speak about returning stuff because I really had to learn how to start doing that. At first, I used to feel so ashamed. Why am I going back inside? But no, guys. No, like one time, you know when I said enough is enough, right? Yeah. I went somewhere, I'm like looking for grapes. So the place where I usually get gra- grapes, guys, by the way, <laughs> you got the grapes. The place that I usually get the grapes from, they're like $6, what, what? Go to this place. I'm like, okay, I see the $6 price on it. Okay. So now we didn't get good. It was by KG, right? Of course. And, like, hey. and it was like, I'm like, it looks the same as the one that I usually get at the last store. And they, oh yeah, $6. I'm going there 20 something I'm like, why is it? And I asked her, why is it 20 something dollars? She's like, oh, it's by KG. I'm like, okay, whatever. I paid for it, right? Huh? I walked outside. I'm like, and then I stood there outside the outside of the, outside of the store. I'm like, you spent how much for grapes? <laughs> I ate, I went back into, I'm like, nah, I need to return this. It's too much. Yeah. I'm like, uh-uh. And then she's like, oh, yeah. It's like, I'm like, uh-uh. Wait, Take it back. <laughs> Since then, returning? Uh-huh. Yeah. If yeah. the purchase is not making me feel nice, I'm mm. not going to enjoy it. Mm. There's no need to go through with it. Yeah. I'm really not going to I guess. It. I guess that's the part that's humbling. The fact that you can always admit, Kudi, you cannot afford it. Right? <laughs> Do you know, Ish, and that was... It took me a long time to finally understand because sometimes I just don't have money and it's okay. Yeah. I yeah. never used to be the person that would like to admit that I don't have money. Oh, you know, another side note. Have you noticed, Kudi, it's not healthy to always open your bank account. It's not. You sometimes, like, I've learned to wait for my money. Like, I've learned to wait for my money. Like, let's say in a week, I don't, I no longer buy vegetables all at once. Mm. So guys, this is like tips and tricks, okay? I no longer buy vegetable all at once. I buy them every two to three days. 
Because it's so close, I can just walk and I buy the veggies. Why? Because I want them to be fresh. Mm. You don't want to do food wasting. Exactly. Sometimes you spend so much money on food, it actually goes to waste. I actually, yeah, I actually had to learn that as well. Because mm. I, I remember I actually got angry. There was a month when I got angry. I did this thing of buying groceries at the beginning. You know how people are always like, yeah, buy groceries for the entire month. And I used to do that a lot. And it used to piss mm. me off so much. Because I'd spend so much money and not enjoy what I was eating. Not enjoy mm. what I was eating at all. And then what, what would that lead me to? Ordering food, right? So I started, <laughs> bruh. So I started doing this thing where like, okay, I know how my taste, like, like you know what you're craving at the time or what you're like, your taste, but not really craving, but like what you're liking at the time. When are you liking, when are what? Stewed chicken, when are beef stew, what, what? And it's mm. like, I buy those ingredients of the food that I want. And I know what it, when I, and I'm a type of person where like when I'm craving something, I, I usually like that thing for like, when are two weeks. So I buy enough for like two weeks. And then when mm. I say, okay, mm. shopping for the entire month, because man, I'll end up buying chick- so much chicken two weeks from now. I, I, don't li- I no longer like chicken. I don't want chicken mm. anymore. So yeah, I'm, rotation, right? You need, that's the thing about spending money as well. You need to know yourself what you like. Because mm. that's mm. how you waste money. When you are so in denial about what you like, mm. you do not know what you like. That's when you end up spending things of spending on things that you don't even want you know that's the thing though i think also like when you say that like you know you need to learn what you like it's like you need to know where you're at in life mm. i think it goes hand in hand it's like do you know what you like you know the only glasses i buy for like drinking is wine glasses because mm. i usually like sometimes they'll break when i'm washing them yeah but where do i get them i get them at dorama and those Dolorama glasses are beautiful. Like, I'm there sorry. is, don't look down on, you know, don't look down on stores that are created for people that are in a specific, yeah. you know, bracket. Because you need to be honest with yourself. Am I rich enough to afford this twice? Exactly. You know, that's something that you always see on the Instagrams and stuff like that. It's like, if you can, if you cannot afford it twice or three times, don't buy it. And that's true. You know, like, even now, like, I can say, oh my God, I need to get a car. But okay, listen, can you afford the insurance? Can you afford the fuel? Yes, it's cute to look, you know, you're driving a car and stuff like that. But can you afford all the expenses that come with it? If something goes wrong with the car, who's going to fix it for you? Are you able to get winter tires? And so you, you just have this sort of like vision of yourself, but you're not there yet. So it's okay to admit where you're at yeah, with money. Exactly. And honestly... I also feel like the importance of surrounding yourself with people that are like maybe understand where you're at or at the same level as you as well. But you need to be around people that get it good. When I don't have money, guys, I cannot go out all the time. Sometimes when we spend money, it's also cause of peer pressure, you know? Because you know, it's like, let's, let's think like... It's- you want them Instagram highlights. Ah! You be wearing you be wearing them Balenciagas mm. or whatever it is. I don't know what people do these days to keep relevant. Honestly, I don't even know either. But ah, uh, that is uh, that is such a nice way. Thank you so much about like the money. That conversation needed to be had. Yeah, yeah. 
I think money can humble you, but don't let it humble you to the extent where you're like, Sinzabanga, so. Sinzabanga. Hey, guys, I feel like Nina almost did me uni student as experience Sinzabanga, so. Hey, okay, me was too many times to count. That's why I'm like, never again. We do not learn. We don't learn. We don't learn. And then that conversation where you have to tell your your dad you're like, Kungati, Papa, I have some debt, but I need to pay. It's just that you know I don't have a job. Is that embarrassing? No, but we all have to go through it. Yeah, that's true. I just hate money though, like in general, the fact that don't hate money. Don't hate money. No, like I hate the fact that um, you know, I feel like. Money is just something that humans we just decided to subject ourselves to. Like we have to that pay. Is true. Yeah, that like is we true. have to pay to live. Imagine life that we didn't even choose to come into. Imagine if I could just go somewhere deep, deep in the jungle somewhere and just live. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, money is like it's filled with a lot of anxiety and fear and a lot of like. I just mm. like it. Just makes me when I get money in my account. It just makes me, ish. When I have no money, ish. Like I need to find like I'm trying to. Yeah, like I'm trying to fix that my relationship with money. But do anyways, you spend money on yourself though? Like yes, you ever, like, yes, I do. I actually do. I spend money. I, I, I advise a lot, like spending money on yourself. Mm. But like it reached a point when I started, like you know, the thing with money. Reached a point where I started neglecting myself, like not spending money because of like, you know, afraid. Too afraid. What if I don't have money? Jen, jen, jen. But mm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of eh, spend on yourself. Within but also, your I guess like you just reminded me. I think the other thing is like you can spend money on yourself, but do you know how to make money? Ah, that's the question. Because, yeah, because like you can be working and you can be making that minimum wage or whatever money you're making, but like, I think it's also good to kind of, like, understand that there's so many opportunities now more than any other time that, you know, you can easily make money. And, you know, it's just good to kind of, like, figure out what you're good at and then invest into that. It doesn't have to be anything grand. It doesn't have to be anything over the top. It can just be as simple as, you know, like, let's say if you in Malawi, like, I used, I remember, like, in the neighborhood we used to live in, there was, until now, they had, like, matak shop. You know, yeah. like, you know how they do those gated tuck shops? Yeah. And, you know, and that's a good way to make money. That is a, we've been selling freezes. Freezes, exactly. Mazira. Like, like, you know? Hey, Malabi, what? Malabi, all those things. And it's like, there's always room for you to find a way to sell, to like, to make money. Um, yes, we have been subjected to like, you know, money and how we live our life surrounds money. But, you know, the reason why I say don't make money, you need to love it is because Every time, like for me, if I don't have enough money in my account or whatever, or maybe I cannot simply get what I want at that moment, do you know what I say? God will provide. And then I go to work. And God does provide. I never go to work. Yay. When I say God will provide, and then I go to work. That is God providing. That is God providing. Imagine if you couldn't, you know, the people that can physically not work. That is mm-hmm. God providing, you know? And so I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you know, People need to be diligent about their money, but I'm saying like be 
move smart with your money, yeah. move quietly with your money. You know, for me, it's like the moment I figure out how to make money from ads or the moment I figure out how to make money from like writing or whatever it is, it's like, it's a game changer. Yeah. Because now no one has to tell me how I'm making my money. I'll be so the one passion. to tell myself. How to make. Exactly. Yeah. You see, so it's like, not only like spend on yourself, but be willing to also go make that money for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Those days when you don't want to go to work, go to work, baby. Unless you're sick. <laughs> Yeah, the chats of the tunes. <laughs> I'm gonna bring me the ting, ting, ting.